rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Goodness. What's up, guys? I see you. I see you all in the chat room. Welcome. My name is Tara Devlin. Let's hope the audio is working. I can hear it. You guys will let me know if it's not. <laughs> You're my producers, after all. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk. We meet here Saturday evenings. We have a set time from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Verdant Square Radio, FYI Nation, soon to be on Rockfin, so get your subscription. Thank you, Darth. Darth has given me the okay that he that the audio is going out loud and clear. That's good. Also, what else? What else? What else? Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I want to thank tonight's newest patron. So we can thank this person as soon as I get her name out here. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Karen Klein! Thank you so much, Karen Klein, for... making that extra effort to taking the leap and going to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and becoming a patron. Because of you guys... We will get to we will get there. We'll get to our goal of having a daily show at a set time. So people don't have to send me messages. Are we gonna have a show tonight? I wanna have a show every goddamn night. And that's what we need in order to fix this country. We know what to do. We do. And that's what we talk about here. We just have to get the word out. So the message that we that we know is the truth. This is not about, you know, fixing the facts around the policy. You don't have to come up with any old uh, new ideas. The ideas that we we're talking about are as old as as the well, not as old as recorded history. That's are they? Yeah, I guess they are. They just weren't implemented. Our it's common sense. That's all. Common sense. You build from the ground up. You get money out of politics. You, in, especially in a culturally diverse and plainly diverse nation of immigrants, you promote policies that leave nobody behind. We're, we're in it together. Because that's what, that's, that's what uh, the, the notion that people, we will all adopt is that we are Americans and not separated by whatever the uh, distinctions without a difference might be. And that's what we have to do. And they keep us divided. This is why they do it the way they do it. Even with this relief package coming, so irritating. People under a certain amount getting this or don't you don't get anything. or because, And then they say, oh, we want to get it to the people who really need it. Well, it's uh, why do we have such a society where 
the rich have have reaped. I think they got oh, I think it was half. I'm not sure now that I'm saying it. I think it's half a trillion dollars richer during the pandemic. While the American people, millions are on food lines. So let's we we need that we need it need to get it for to those who need it the most. Okay, it's uh, the fact is okay. I don't know if you saw today. Nancy Pelosi said that six hundred dollars a week is is substantial. Um, really, and it's not backdated either. It's not like you're going. They're gonna fill in the gaps for the months and months and months, months that Mitch McConnell wiped his ass with the HEROES Act that, that was passed out of the House months ago. So we got less than we asked for in this bill, and um, I guess it's better than nothing, but a little too late, for, uh, too little too late for many of us. When one what, one in six are food insecure. What does that mean? They're starving. Here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, people are starving. How disgusting is that? I don't know. It makes me want to vomit. It really does. It's vile. But this is normal. That's what they want you to think. It is normal. This is the way it is. That's life in a democracy, right? You just, eh, whatever. Some people got everything and if many people got nothing. That's the way it is. Oh, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Marry a, um, a fake billionaire. But, yeah, that's what we do with the show. Really, it's the truth because otherwise we're done. They, they own us. They already do. So we really have a lot of catching up to do. The corporate media, eh, you know them. They have an agenda, and it is not to uh, get the people, uh, it's not to make us uppity, the plebs, too uppity. You know, just take your scraps and call it a victory. That's what they want. They really don't like an uppity working class. They like, I mean, if you're on the food lines, okay, some of the, the corporate media, the, uh, million, the billionaires who own, the millionaires who spread the pro kiss up, kick down corporate propaganda, they don't, yeah, they don't, they don't like the bread lines that much. Yeah, it's, let's, they want to feel good about themselves. But they really, they don't want to change the fundamental dynamic that has us on bread lines. And where are the bread lines? I want to see, show me bread lines in New Zealand, somebody. Where are the bread lines in Canada? Have you seen any footage? I I watch the BBC World News because sometimes I just can't take the corporate media here. And I suggest that everybody do that. Go, you can find it online. Watch BBC World News. You want to weep when you watch it, really, because you see just how much the corporate media in this country is worthless, useless. I mean, the, the, 
they take you all over the world. They and tell you stories and report on actual news that's happening all over the world, not just Twitter's latest tweet or whatever. I I just they had a story on the BBC World News. Maybe actually, do I have this? Because Putin did his yearly press conference. Uh, did you hear that on the um, on the corporate media here in the United States of Serfs and Lords? I didn't. I saw it on the BBC World News. And I was like, oh, that happened again? How interesting. How come I haven't heard anything about this? The You know why? Because who... I don't know, did uh, it might it cost money to send people out to Russia, I suppose, and put them up at a hotel. I guess it's difficult to travel now during the coronavirus. Putin was on Zoom, actually, but I guess maybe there would have there could have been a way to manage it, even to report on it, to ask Putin a question. And uh, uh of course, he's nothing but a liar. Twitler, uh, he really, he, he wishes, he dreams of being Putin. But let me see if I have this. They asked Putin, what did he ask? Oh, about the, um, the, the British correspondent asked Putin about um, poisoning, you know, his political adversaries and... So he, of course, he denied it. But yeah, maybe I don't have it. <clears throat> anyway, it just I'm telling you, take, give yourself a break and watch some real news. But it also gives you perspective. And speaking of Putin, we know treason is just another. I mean, well, it's just another electoral strategy for the. America's Republican Party, the fascist, fake, democratic, uh, greed-centered death cult. But, um, wait, hold on. You guys are distracting me with your super chats. Thank you, Richard, for your super chat. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Excuse me. Jesus Christ, I'm already losing my voice. It's disgusting, I know, I'm sorry. <clears throat> How'd that happen? Yes. Um, yeah, Sin City says, fuck the rich. It's true. I I don't... Yeah. Well, why, why are you being so envious, Sin City? You just... The politics of envy. You're just jealous. No, it's not that. It's not about jealousy. It's not about people not having wealth or getting what whatever they deserve in some form getting fairly uh, compensated it's about all of us having a fair share of the profits our labor makes possible and as a civilization understanding that if if what's the primary purpose of getting together and forming a government what is the meaning of that is it just to make the rich richer or is it to have a, a community, a society that works for the majority? That's supposed to be the latter, I would, I think. 
that's why we rebelled against the king. So people can still be rich in a democratic republic, but you can't be so rich that you challenge the state itself, that you're, you're power, more powerful than the state itself. And the American people used to understand that. I believe probably because um, during the first Gilded Age, I mean, well, I think people, uh, it's hard to tell. What, what did they really, what did people used to understand? I'm sure there were morons then too, of course. There's always morons. And then you have the wa large washed, unwashed masses, the working poor who are too goddamn tired to really get involved and know what's going on. But I think that, especially in the beginning of the country, the, founder, the founders understood that, and they, did have, they had discussions about how do you tamper down or tamp down the power of concentrated wealth. And there's letters from Thomas Jefferson saying progressive taxation. This is how you lessen... The or if you balance the scales, you, it's a patriotic imperative. We can't have uh, billionaires. First of all, there shouldn't be billionaires. That's a sign of the broken system. And I'm also here, I'm telling you guys, to, to get the word out, too, that when... Uh, you know, because we're when we go after the billionaires, it's we're doing it in the name of uh, the grand experiment in liberal democracy, and to protect the sacrifice of that so many gave their ultimate sacrifice to entrust to us, not to not to uh, they didn't die. The founders didn't f fight, bleed, and die. F overthrowing a monarchy and an intergenerational aristocracy just to set one up here. So that's what we have to get straight. So when Chuck Todd, during the debate, it, oh, I always think about him. He's annoying. Uh, of course, he's, he's the Vichy collaborator in the class war. That's what we call him. When he asked Michael Bloomberg, uh, Bernie says billionaires shouldn't exist. Mr. Bloomberg, should you exist? I, that's when I want to go, go ballistic. It's all about the framing. What do you mean, should you exist? Of we're supposed to feel bad then, you see? See how outrageous a question that is, Bernie? Bernie says you shouldn't exist. Should you exist? It's not about Michael Bloomberg, whether Michael Bloomberg should exist. And one of the things that would frustrate me about Bernie was that he, he could easily explain this. I mean, he has a platform that I don't have, that's for sure. I'm trying to do it here to, get the, to spread the good news about progressivism and what, and what that means. What does it mean when you say billionaires shouldn't exist? Um, I wish for the life of me. I don't know why Bernie wouldn't explain. What do you, I didn't say Michael Bloomberg 
couldn't, shouldn't exist. But this is about um, ensuring that a democratic republic survives. So you can't have an intergenerational aristocracy and a democratic republic. You can't. It just doesn't work. So should Mr. Bloomberg exist? Yes, he should exist. But can he be rich? Yes. But he. But should he be so rich that he is richer, that he can threaten government itself, the functioning of government? And he has already shown himself to be somebody who will use the power of his money to alter our democratic republic. And that's what he did here in New York. He used his money to change the rules on the democracy so he could run again. Now we're so, uh, I guess we're fortunate that my lord didn't want to uh, um, own the world. I don't know. He just wanted to play mayor for a couple of years more. He wasn't done playing, playing the role of mayor. He liked being mayor. But, you know, it was fun. It was different, something to do. But should he have that, should somebody have that much money where they can corrupt the process? And that's what he did. He used his money to, he, um, to buy off the politicians that could that change the rules for how many times uh, for term limits here in, in New York. And then he used his power, the same money, the same power of his, of his wealth, to get these same people who changed the rules to change it back. So he wasn't done playing around with us, the plebs. Because, you know, he liked to... It was just a nice hobby. It was fun. It was something to do. Then he was, let's see, uh, maybe I could be president. All right, all right, it didn't really quite work out. And then we have to endure, if you could, well, going on social media, and you know how Michael Bloomberg said he would spend a lot of money getting Democrats elected. And all over Twitter... In social media, you have Democrats, people, you know, normal people, so supposedly, saying, um, reaching out to Michael Bloomberg, saying, Mr. Bloomberg, please, you said you were going to help, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, Joe Biden get elected. This was during the presidential campaign. Please, put your money here. Put your money. What the F is this shit? Why should we be living in a system like this? How is that normal? This is not the country the founders rebelled to create. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not freedom. You're not free if you have to beg a billionaire to get involved in your politics. That sounds a lot like the system that we left behind. Well, you had to go beg, you, you know, beg your baron, beg your lord. For God's sakes, that's what's so um, irritating to me because, and also why we do the show, because, you know, you got Democrats who don't even see. They don't see that they're, uh, that they're pining for a system 
That is not democracy. And we're living in uh, in in the uh, we've never been we've never lived in the, the in a real democratic constitutionally limited democratic republic that works for all. That's for sure. So we've always been aspirational, but we you how could you fix? I can't even talk. You can't fix something until you recognize what the problem is, right? First step in getting clean and sober is admitting you have a problem. Same thing here. What's the problem? It's concentrated wealth. It's money. Money in politics. It all comes down to that. Well, and I mean, I say racism, but racism is a tactic. It's not just racism. Racism is a convenient tactic that they employ. So... We're here to take the red pill and get the Democrats. You know, a lot of times I say, I don't even talk to Republicans. I don't, they, they're a waste. They're useless. They don't, whatever. We, as usual, well, conservatives, let's say, we will continue to evolve and they will come along kicking and screaming as usual. That's what they do. Just look at them now. Look at what they're doing now with this election. Having a, it's not just a tantrum. They're not having a tantrum. They're, they're um, really sharpening their knives. They're, they're giving domestic terrorism it's, uh, a trial run. Let's see how this fits again. Let's see how far we can take it. They are domestic terrorists. Nobody go, who isn't a terrorist goes into government houses and government uh, buildings threatening illegally le- elected representatives with assault weapons. Nobody does that unless you're, uh, you're a terrorist. They are terrorists. Oh, they don't like the Black Lives Matter. You know how they always, they make all this bullshit. They don't like Black Lives Matter. They, because, oh, and and so whenever there's one of their Asian provocateurs gets a headline by breaking in a window or something, which we, we know that they have been exposed, these Asian provocateurs, for, uh, for who they are that it was actually right-wingers trying to sow, um, you know, dissension, their false flag bullshit. And it's not just one, one. There's numerous, numerous examples during the George Floyd protests of these right-wing terrorists. Someone, one of them fired an automatic weapon at a police station and yelling out justice for George Floyd. It ended up he was a right-wing terrorist. Um, The guy, Umbrella Man, he was the one who smashed the windows. Umbrella Man, let's look. He was a right-wing terrorist. Let's see. Who broke the windows was a white supremacist. Yes, Remember that? And all these right-wingers mailing or email, not email, whatever they do, tweeting, 
sharing it. Oh, they're so um, they're so violent in the Black Lives Matter movement. Meanwhile, here in reality, we're getting shot by these right wing terrorists. The Kyle, whatever the hell, what's his name? I was going to say Kalinsky. Rittenhouse. But Kyle Kalinsky is somebody who's on our side. Am I right? Anyway. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Um, as far as Umbrella Man. Umbrella Man who broke windows in the George Floyd protests is a white supremacist, police say. And that's just one guy. Remember that video? The guy walking over, nonchalantly, breaking the windows. People are like, who the hell are you? Identify yourself. And he walked away and wouldn't say his name, wouldn't reveal his face, had nothing to say. Because that's what they do. Now, you got to wonder, people who behave like that, if they really think they're patriots, what are you fighting for? Of course they're not patriots. They're traitors. And they prove me correct every day because I say, right-wingers, let's, let's reiterate for those who are new, Republicans, conservatives, all right, really, it's conservatives, whatever, whatever they're calling themselves lately, conservatives, have they lack the fundamental ability to function in a free democratic society. They're not patriots at all. In fact, this thing, what we're doing here, a constitutionally limited democratic republic nation of immigrants, is confusing to them. So they are, they're, they're not patriots. That's why they act in a violent manner. This is why they, they worship traitors. Traitors, outright goddamn traitors. That's their hero. In fact, today, I don't know if you saw. How would I know? <laughs> I always say that. I don't know if you saw. I don't know. How would I know if you saw or not? But I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to be seeing right now. You're going to be seeing, and it's going to be good. Well, that, that actually, I just had a flashback from basic training. <laughs> the drill sergeant. Drill Sergeant, what was his name? Quick Riley and Robinson. Three, three. yeah, I'll never forget. And Drill Sergeant Riley, he, he, he would say, I don't speak real good English, but I'm speaking it real good now. And then give us some order. <laughs> anyway, I just, when I said that, reminded myself of him. All right, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, today, I don't know if you saw, and like I said, did you see? I don't know. You're going to be seeing it real good now, though. Um, they took down um, the statue of General Lee. First of all, they took the Confederate statue, okay, of General Robert E. Lee removed from the Capitol, U.S. Capitol. What? No wonder we're screwed up in this country. What, what screwed up, sick-ass, sad, 
aspirational democracy um, puts up statues to traitors in their government buildings, which uh, uh, it's beyond words. There are no words. On Monday, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam announced that the statue of Robert E. Lee was removed from the U.S. Capitol. Of course, they did it. They had to do it in the dead of night because, you know, the traders would probably go, oh, the Trump banzees would be like, oh, oh, heritage, heritage, not hate or something like that. It's all about hate. It's intimidation. This thing has been up there for 111 years. The state commission recommended a statue of civil rights activist Barbara Rose Johns as a replacement. But when I, when I saw that, I was... Of course, it's the way I feel every time I see one of these statues come down or that they're even up in the first place. They were put up in many instances, 111 years ago, right, sounds about right, for when the uh, Jim Crow South to write in the heat of their terrorist campaign against our fellow Americans. That's what they, that's what it's about. Making sure Americans with darker pigment do not forget their place. You see? And that's, that's why, uh, uh, what kind of a sick country puts up a statue to a traitor? So then on Twitter, when you, if you, I always like to see what the right wingers are squawking about, because it's usually stupid and, and it's also fascinating. It really is. It's, and I've said this before, I, I feel like I'm Jane Goodall studying the Trumpanzees. Like she studied the apes, I study Trumpanzees. And it's amazing listening or watching, just watching these right-wingers go off about, oh, let me see, where is it? Just um, defending. Here's some, uh, I don't even know who this person is. He says, it might even be a fake account because there's a lot of fake-ass accounts on. Let me look this up. Bot Sentinel. I always look up accounts on Bot Sentinel to see who's a a bot because a lot of times when you're on Twitter, you could be fighting or whatever. It's always Russian bots. They They really are infested all over oh no this is not a bot he's a real person they have infested our public discourse of course it's an easy in of and we'll get to twitler and the russian hack in a minute but so here's this guy writes wait a minute i've lost it sorry guys yeah yeah all right is there a show tonight this is this a show Uh, it's as good as it gets Become a patron. You never know. I get a producer in here. It goes a lot smoother. So this this person writes, being half Asian 
what the hell does that have to do with anything? Being half Asian and having dealt with racism my whole life. I don't see Robert E. Lee as a symbol of slavery. He was loyal to his state and had the respect of every Union general who went to West Point with him. Having the respect of your enemies tells a lot about a man. Um, being half Asian and having dealt with racism? What the fuck do you know? This is somebody who gets their history lesson from right-wing memes, no doubt. Having the respect of your enemies tells you a lot. You know, they we um, a lot of American and, well, allied generals respected Rommel, the desert fox. We don't put up statues to Nazis, okay? Not all, oh, he was respected? Well, he loses my respect f- by taking up arms so other human beings can own other human beings. So the biz- business cl- uh, generate, well, not generate, the business class can own other human beings because that's what it's about. That's, and it's really not that long ago. When you think about um, time as, and history in general, it's not that long. We're not here for a long time as human beings. History is, a uh, hundred years ago is nothing in regards to history. Uh, 1865, it's not that long ago. Really, it hasn't been that long since the last enslaved person left this planet. You know, we're still living with, uh, right now, there are people who lived and, well, people who survived concentration camps are still alive. Nazis, people who were Nazis are still alive. So, history... It's, we, we're sharing this blip of time and, you know, it's really not that long ago. And it makes me kind of sick that here's, here we go again. You know, Americans are so goddamn stupid. Why would you put up a statue to a traitor and when that statue comes down, defend it? Oh, he was a nice guy. Hitler ha- liked his dog, too. Right? Blondie? Well, he did poison her in the, in the bunker. It's unreal. Why would you defend a, a, a traitor who, who helped send five, over 500,000 human beings to their cold early grave so that a segment, the rich, could own other human beings. That's what you're talking about. States, right? I don't want to hear this shit. Here's another thing you, you're hearing all over the, the way. Oh, it was about states. It was not about states. The states' right to own other human beings. There's nothing admirable in that. But, yeah, that's what we're dealing with as, a, as an Asian. I've dealt with race. As somebody who's dealt with racism. Oh, so that 
this is more than racism. This this is being enslaved. You're not. You might have dealt with racism, but you're um uh, you haven't dealt with being nothing but property. Oh my God, these people. But that's the right wingers. You see, they won't let go of a bad idea. Because that's their only ideas. They're only, they only have bad ideas. So if we all turn around and say all of a sudden they're heroes, the people they've been looking up to, no, we're not taking it anymore. You're, uh, we're not honoring traitors anymore. And this is what we get for compromising. You see, how, how did it work out? When, um, you know, in the South, let's say, when did, did, did they ever change? How did it change when we put up statues to Robert E. Lee in the Capitol and say, oh, okay, we'll honor your heroes, your traitorous heroes. Did it ever make anything better? Did all of the sudden the right wingers say, "Well, yeah, they're going to meet. They'll meet us halfway. They're compromising. We we should meet them halfway. Yeah, we're in this together. All right." No, it only encourages them. Like, uh, it doesn't. I mean, what does it take? What does it take? It ha- First of all, we have to, it starts with having absolutely no tolerance for the likes of them. If that's your hero, these are your, the people, that's your heritage, you should be ashamed. Sure, confront your heritage, but it's not, nothing to honor yourself for. My grand great grandpappy died. He was a he was a corporal in the Confederate Army. Well, shame on him. I'm so sorry. You're if honestly, if my if, of course my my relatives didn't get here until much after the Civil War. But if I found out one of my relatives was fighting for the Confederacy, I'd be. I w- you know, of course I'd be like, I would say it. I wouldn't, wouldn't, it's not on me, but I'd say shame on them. Shame on them. What, what's wrong with them? What's their damage? So you don't honor traitors. That's part of the reason this country is suffering from PTSD. We really are. The whole country has PTSD. You have these white, these white whiny men who think that they're privileged. Well, they they're so um, they think that they're under attack. Their privilege is under attack, and they're like, "I've never been privileged." Well, that's because you're in the working class, boo boo, and you better and uh, you're you you're better off well you better get a clue and understand that you have more in common with people in the working class who have darker pigment than you ever will or uh, you will never have anything in common with the billionaires 
who you beg to trickle on you, the ones you want to meet for a beer. But they, this is why the Republicans stir, stir up hatred against uh, the Black Lives Matter movement in, in particular right now. Or anyone, see, the thing about the Black Lives Matter movement is that, and that it's so dangerous to right-wingers, is that it's not just people with darker pigment. It's it's a multi-ethnic, diverse, or whatever. I, I, I don't even, I hate saying that, too. Because this is like, race Race is a, is a construct. We know that. So, it is a diverse um, movement. Which and that makes me that actually gives me hope for the future. But for right wingers, that's um, that's frightening to them because they see that their grip is uh, loosening. It's not just you know it's everybody in. Uh, we it's people who are seeing through the the phoniness, the fake ass story that the right-wingers are trying to sow. That's why everything is... Um, that's why they have to send out their agent provocateurs to break windows, because the, the worst thing that can happen to the right-wingers is the American people see, um, see the Black Lives Matter movement as... Uh, as themselves, as as what it is. Everybody in, nobody out. That's what we're talking about. That's why they have to oh go talk about looting and if you can loot, we can go ha- we can have our Christmas party. Looting. Please. The real the looting? And the, here's the irony, we know. The looting is happening. Uh, the looting happened during the pandemic when half a trillion dollars got funneled into the pockets of the few. All right. So here we are. Oh my God. It's exhausting. It's true. Yes. Let me say hello to the chat room for a minute. Just for a minute. Let's see who's here. Hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Somebody, who is this person? Oh, okay, okay. PJ LaRussa on the chat. Prosecutors accuse Pennsylvania Republican of voting in dead mother's name for Trump. Yes, they always find, they do find voter fraud, but it's always the right wingers. Just like they do find terrorism and looting but it's always the right wingers unbelievable so no it's not it's very believable hello errol and thank you richard for your super chat and jim and who else is here darth and arthur (laughs) president accounted for thank you Lori, and hello sin city Hello, Lori. Oh, yes, I said Lori, but hello again. Hello, commie comrade. Hello, Richard W. And Ed the First. Yes, you are late. That's okay. You got. I'll excuse you this time. 
And who else? We have other people here. They're just being shy. And Jim. And Jabber Monkey. Monkey. Jabber Monkey. And William Estelle. How long? William Estelle says, question, how long before Moscow Mitch starts crying about minority rights? Right. Answer, right after the Georgia runoffs. Let's hope. Of course, that's what they're doing. As you can see now, they're already crying about def the deficit. We knew this was going to happen. They're so full of shit. Hello, Haiku. And hello, pay Play Dave. And Errol, anybody I miss? That's okay. We'll get back to you. They're just full of shit. They're t so tediously full of shit. And treason, treason is just another tactic for them. They've always engaged in treason. Now it's right out in the open. As the voters, uh, as you can see, this is why we're, we're really in danger right now. This is the most dangerous um, I think point right now because the the fake ass you know um, patriots all of the avenues for stealing the election are closing so they're resorting to violence it, they will resort to violence this is what they are they are a violent greed-centered death cult the idiots who adhere to them, the average Joe morons, they're just easily duped racists. So who, who've never had um, the ability to function in a democracy. That's what makes them so such eager and such um, willing dupes of the con man, of the con, of the divide and conquer con. You see, they're not courageous enough to look at themselves and to take stock of the of the racism that is that they that they feel their bigotry they would never that gives them an identity and i guess they i guess it is that uh if they do f look at themselves i don't know i'm trying to mm, i'm trying to uh psych 101 them it's not hard to but they it's when they, if they lose their privilege, then we, um, we'll see their inadequacies. But, you know, as I say, we already see them. That's why they don't want to get, you know, give up. They can't see the part that they play in uh, just playing right into the hands of the anti-democratic agents that are uh, have it have their grip around government and they're traitors i mean really it comes down to that treason is just it's just another tactic for them for example and not just the statue came down today and then um today where is this oh god Oh, my God. I just went on Twitter, and Breitbart came up. The 
Trump campaign appeals three Pennsylvania cases to the Supreme Court. They're tweeting. Yeah, look. On the Twitter account, the fight continues. Give it up. Stop whining, bitches. That's what it means to be a patriot. When you lose elections, figure out why. Why did you lose? Stop being such a kiss-up, kick-down agent of time's best left in history's dung pile. How about that? Maybe you'll win more votes. Let go of your racist-ass policies, your racist-ass history, your kiss-up, kick-down, anti-human anti-whatever, anti-decency, anti-democracy agenda. That's, that's why you lose. Your greed-centered agenda. Your, it's the greed-centered dupes. Oh, God. But it, it really is. They're being played as useless idiots. Of course, I call them useless idiots because they're not useful. In any sense of the word, they're useless idiots being played by the real, the real uh, deep state that has its grip around power. But they, they don't mind that. Here's the thing. That's the thing about Republicans, average Joe Republicans, as long as they can feel like they are somehow at the top of the heap just by the mere fact of being born white. They're not going to let go of that quickly, even if it means a, a, more, a, a more perfect union. Forget it. So, okay, where was I? What happened here? The right way, they, they assaulted... Here, wait, wait, wait. Where was this? I'm looking for the the damn article. They stormed into a state house. Where was this? Hmm, militia. An armed militia. Let's just look up armed militia. Where is it? because I was watching these videos early, and it's really chilling, of these morons, these armed morons, screaming and yelling and trying to disrupt this, uh, disrupt a government business. I think they were certifying the election, too. And that's what it's about. Trying to, trying every trick in their in their very thin book because they don't have a lot of tricks. They really don't. They just have the... the, Really, it is... uh, It's like Trump. He's not a political genius. He is... He just has no morals and he's willing to do whatever it takes. He's willing to say anything, say any lie, repeat any lie, to kick down on any group of people engage in the most abhorrent acts like ripping babies from their mothers as long as he gets gets more more money fill this filthy 
black hole of need that it is. All right, well, I'll try to find that other article. But right now, you know that... Here's another thing. I was wondering how many times... It's going to be fun after Twitler finally leaves office, and I hope they have to drag him out, kicking and screaming. I pray for that. Won't that be fun? Really, we, we've earned that. I want to see that. Please, don't leave. Hold on to the desk. I'm not leaving. Barricade yourself in and start tweeting. And then your little hidey hole will get smaller and smaller and smaller as they break through the door. Then they find, oh, he's not in there. He's in the closet. He's got his tiny little resolute desk. That's, you know, the, the, the tiny replica desk. And he's tweeting and he's trying to help, reaching out to all of his traitors and Putin. Help! Help, a democracy happened. Help! You, that's the thing. And it's, believe him. You know, when people show you who they are, believe them. As uh, Marsha Gesson said, believe the autocrat. He's not kidding around. And Michael Cohen, he repeated the same thing. Trump is is not joking. He has no sense of humor. So when he says, hey, maybe uh, I could be president for life, <laughs> he's not kidding. So he sees Putin, and he sees what Putin does, killing um killing reporters and never leaving office he has so much power and you you better believe this the reason why twitler is doesn't say anything because we were attacked by russia yet again not only are they infesting our social media with their lies and propaganda and their and our easily led homegrown terrorists are spreading the anti-democratic lies coming straight from the Kremlin. Not only that, is that Twitler, Twitler is embarrassed. You see, in front of Putin, he, he, he's, he's um, embarrassed because he wants to be Putin, and the fact that he was voted out of office, and he can't. He can't uh, figure out a way to stay in spite of receiving fewer votes this time. Twitler is mortified. And it's about Putin, how Putin perceives him. You know what I mean? For real. That's why it's also, besides everything else, besides his inability to accept a loss, this is what we keep hearing. Oh, he's He's built this whole winning persona. He's never won at a effing thing. He is not a winner. But there's not there's no bigger loser than him. He's just a grifter. So he ha- he's got a lot of practice losing, but he's openly declared his love for Putin. He's a supplicant of Putin of this this filthy, murderous anti-democratic coward that's what putin is because cowards 
do what Putin does. There's nothing strong about him. He is a tiny little dictator that says, okay, you can be an oligarch while everyone else in Russia, go fuck yourselves, go eat cake. That's, he's a coward. He can't stand up to criticism because he's a coward. Democracies take strength. If you work within, within the law and in a democratic system, that means you have strength of character, strength of morals and ability. So when, when Twitler, he's uh, flailing here, out here, and he's not letting go easy. But it's, it's, it is about the, the long con as well. It's about money. But you know that he's mortified. How can he ever face Putin? He'll never be able to face him because you, you know that Putin, um, these past four years, he, Putin has gotten everything he wants from his favorite puppet his pet, and Twitler is eager to comply, and he's given Putin his wildest dreams, including weakening NATO. I mean, what a tiny little bitch he is. Uh, so embarrassing to think about Trump going on about what the uh, our NATO allies are paying. The, oh, uh, pay up. They owe us a lot of money. I mean, you little fucking tiny little. Oh, I can't. What what words? What are the words that come to mind besides F words? You tiny little scum on the cancer, on the scum, on the cancer, on the scum. Really? How you have so, how you drag, this is what they do though, right-wingers, drag this country down to their size. The country's too big for them. So they have to make it as small as they are. You see, it's too big to have a country, a functioning country. FDR's America. And all, yes, it's the racism that unfortunately uh, we, we're still dealing with. The great prosperity never made it to uh, our African-American brothers and sisters. This is the great sin we need to rectify if we're ever going to have a true functioning democracy. But that kind of country where, you know, the rich have to pay their fair share, where, the, where we tax the rich to the point that they can't threaten government. And we have regulations in place where you can't outright buy politicians. See, that kind of government, that's too big for them, for conservatives. So they always got to drag it down to their level, make it as small as they are. Like Grover Norquist said, make it, uh, he wants to make government so small that he, that, what did he say, shrink it down 
to the size of a baby, he said, that they can drown in the bathtub. Grover Norquist said that, right? Wait, wait, hold on. Grover. And he's some, oh, that's Frank Luntz, I was thinking. Because they always have Frank Luntz on the corporate media now, as if he's a normal person. Pollster Frank Luntz, he's the guy that came up with death tax, you know, all these scumbag manipulations. Death tax and uh, what else? Oh, death panels. You know, Frank Luntz, fuck Frank Luntz. Another traitor. They're all traitors. Because if you have the best interests of your country at heart, you don't go out there and divide people with lies. You don't say things like universal health care. Oh, Obamacare. It's not even universal health care. Obamacare is going to mean that you're going to be put in front of a death panel. Somebody like that, you know, how Republicans, they pine for the good old days. Well, in the good old days, we would have taken somebody like that, like Grover Northquist, who comes up with a lie like death panels. And we would have marched him to the border and say, get the F out. Have a, have a nice life in the wilderness as an outcast. No, not here. Not he, Not now. Now they get cushy jobs on corporate media and speaking gigs. But really, how do they sleep at night? Really? Knowing. How do they lay their heads on their pillows knowing that they've, that they've lied to people that don't know any better? You know, so the normal people... We'll see that lie, death panels. We'll know it just for what it is. It's a, it's a lie. It's a scummy, scummy lie used to uh, by the greedy ghouls who want to keep sucking profit from our miseries. But somebody else might not be that smart. So they, they'll think, oh, my God. They'll get all stressed out. I don't want to be put in front of a death panel. It reminds me of when I went to, when uh, Mike Malloy had a gathering, one of his gatherings in the North Georgia mountains. And I was talking to a young woman who came down from New Jersey and she was saying that her, her mother, she was um, a normal person, of course, but her mother was a Trump and Z and she was having a really hard time dealing with her because she believed everything that Twitler said. And she lived in New Jersey, but she was convinced that a caravan was going to come and they were going to slit her throat. This is what this girl said. She and her daughter said to her, mom, you're not even, you're not living, um, on a border state. There's no caravan coming up to slit your throat. But she said that her mother believed whatever Twitler said, and she would be um, very upset about it. And then when they showed, she, her daughter showed her a picture of, um, remember, oh, another sh proud shining moment in American history when Twitler, well, when Twitler's uh, guards at the border, I don't know, I'm not sure who exactly did this, but they, remember when they tear gassed um, asylum seekers 
And there was, I mean, how the fucking disgusting, really. There's so many vile moments whenever right-wingers have their filthy, greedy fingers around the neck of power. But these last four years, it's been, it's been overwhelming. Remember that, though. When they, they um, attacked asylum seekers with tear gas and there was a picture of a woman holding her two babies in diapers running for their lives. How vile. Now that's a picture that should go down in history with every other abhorrent, uh, sign of the times. That's for sure. But that's, that happened. Our, uh, border patrol tear gassed, women with babies in diapers. How you feeling? Aren't you proud? Feeling proud now? But anyway, they, the, at the time, it was that picture had just come out, and um, this woman said that she showed her mother this picture, saying, what do, you, what do you think of this? This is disgusting. And her mother said it was Photoshopped. It was completely fake to make Trump look bad. Can you believe that? Of course, because this is what we're dealing with. Now, in my opinion, that that's somebody who is easily manipulated, you know? And there's a lot of people like that. Not everybody's a sharp tool. There's a lot of low IQ, <laughs> low IQ, low effort thinkers out there. So if you're somebody who has a clue and you're charged, uh, your, your community, you run for office and your community says, yes, we want you to represent us in the halls of power. And you use that platform to make the easily led and easily manipulate low information, low IQ, low effort thinkers to make them afraid. You're, um, you're a scumbag. That's somebody who hates this country. Somebody who should be ashamed of themselves. And then, uh, not just, it's, of course, it's not just representatives. Somebody like Frank Luntz, right? Who comes up with all these manipulating... Well, it's very clever. You see, it's... Um, the dum-dums might not cheer the end of the estate tax that nobody pays except the top 1.1.1%, but they won't like... They'll cheer the end of a death tax because nobody likes death and nobody likes tax. Scum. You see? You see how scum they are? Just goddamn scum. Babe, let me see. Baby in bathtub. That was Grover Norquist, right? Yes, Grover Norquist. Where was this? Where was... This? I'm just trying to find the exact quote. That's why you need to become a patron so we can get some producers up in this bitch. Look at this. Look at me. I look like shit. All right. Oh my God. 
Here's some quotes. Grover Norquist is an American political advocate who is the founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. You know, meaning you pay the taxes and the rich pay nothing. Uh, They should really be called Americans for oligarchy. Oh, here it is. In 2001, he said, I don't want to abolish government. I simply want to reduce it to the size where I can drag it into the bathroom and drown it in the bathtub. You freak. You disgusting, anti-American scum. Greed-centered scum. That's what a scumbag is and says. When you say you want to drag government and uh into the bathroom and drown it in the bathtub you're saying uh you you hate the government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us you know that constitutionally limited democratic republic that so many fought bled and died to create after thousands of years of the kind of government that Grover Norquist and the Republicans all want to reinstate, well, except under the banner of the red, white, and blue. Tie a red, white, and blue ribbon around your eyes because, you know, by the time they're done, somebody who came back from uh, the 1700s wouldn't know the difference between what we're doing here and the government that they left in Europe. You know, the monarchy and the, and the intergenerational aristocracy. By the time they're done, who would know the difference? Why, have, why did we even have a revolution? Just to get rid of the royal family? Is that it? Except now you get to make your own difference. It's an American aristocracy, Right. The likes of the Trumps, the new American aristocracy, the McCain, the the Meghan McCain, and oh God, Mama Mijo, give me a break! Jesus Christ, where were I? I really went off track there. Oh God, help me. So, uh, according to a Democratic senator, this was on Fox News, Democratic senator claims some GOP members are bordering on sedition and treason. Bordering! See, this is why we have to support the liberal media. Bordering? What's it going to take? This is um, Jean Shaheen. Here, let's see. I'll play. Each of us who are serving, Tuberville has been elected, but he has not been sworn in. But each of us who are serving as senators took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. One of the most fundamental principles of the Constitution is the peaceful transition of power. These Senators and members of Congress who have refused to acknowledge that we had a free and fair election in which Joe Biden beat Donald Trump by over 7 million votes are bordering on sedition and 
treason yeah. in thinking that they are going to overturn a duly elected each of us what do you mean bordering see this is why here you go again everybody doesn't want to say what's happening what is going on right before our very eyes don't believe your lying eyes they're bordering honey they've been bordering on treason they they have used treason as an election strategy for years here i, re I remember here i keep bringing this up in 2012 i wrote an article for republican dirty tricks called and it was picked up on different, they put it on Daily Kos, it was on Addicting Info and other places. Treason, just another election strategy. Just another Republican election strategy. Republicans cannot win elections legitimately on the basis of their failed ideology and trickle-down history of crashing the economy twice in a century. Now we're going on three times. So they commit all sorts of offenses against the land they pretend to love, including lying, cheating, and yes, even treason. As we get closer to the November presidential election, this was back in the day, of course, we see their efforts ramping up. You see, Republicans, well, I was calling them Republicans at the time, don't care to live in a free nation of laws that reflects the self-governing will of the people and promotes the general welfare. They want to win at any cost. And if the pesky will of the people gets in the way, then they usurp the will of the people. Don't let the made-in-China American flag lapel pins and the teary-eyed renditions of America the beautiful fool you. They are part of the ruse that they are. I mean, the American flag lapel pins are all part of the ruse to drag us back to the system the founders rebelled to escape, namely one where the rich own everything and everyone else knows their place. Vice President Henry Wallace had their number when he wrote about them in the New York Times. They claimed to be super patriots, but they would destroy every liberty guaranteed by the Constitution. They demand free enterprise, but are the spokesmen for monopoly and vested interests. Their final objective, toward which all their deceit is directed, is to capture political power so that using the power of the state and the power of the market simultaneously, they may keep the common man in the eternal subjection. Hello? Look, this is me talking now. Um, capture political power so that using the power of the state and the power of the market simultaneously, they may keep the common man in eternal subjection. That is the Republican mission statement. That's their mission statement right there. The power of the state and the power of the market simultaneously jerking each other off to keep us in subjection. Keep the boot on our neck and us not having the ability to do anything about it. Keeping the common people in eternal subjection is... In reality, the entire reason for the Republican Party to exist and their and their tactics to gain power reflected. 
Let me assure you that I'm not just calling Republicans treasonous merely to be inflammatory. I am calling them treasonous because that is what they are. Let's look at the facts. Here we go. There's a couple of examples. We won't go through the whole thing, but Nixon caught in the act of being himself, treasonous. To say Republicans aren't above committing treason to obtain power is not just hyperbole. It is, in fact, a fact. Republicans have committed treason against this nation, and we have the tapes to prove it. In 1968, President Johnson was in talks with the South Vietnamese to end the war when it came to his attention that Tricky Dick Nixon was undermining these efforts with with his own secret dealings. Nixon wanted our foreign enemies to prolong the war because it would aid Nixon in his quest for power, secretly promising them a sweeter deal if they continued to kill American soldiers. Johnson called Republican Senate Minority Leader Everett Dirksen to tell him that he was aware of Nixon's treason and implored Dirksen to get Nixon to stop lest he bring these uh, traitors, bastards, uh, to the public. And uh, Johnson famously said, this is treason. And Dirksen replies, I know. Now we have these tapes. They came, um, they were made public a few years ago, these these, um, Nixon tapes where he was talking to Everett Dirksen about Nixon's treason. And guess what? I didn't hear one effing story on the corporate media about it. If this were another day, another time, and a functioning society, a functioning democratic republic, what this would have been front page. It would have been on the breaking news, the first story on every news channel. Tapes reveal because it came out. It was I think Freedom of Information or something happened. So, um, I think it was that the tapes, I don't know, it was a certain amount of time they were finally released. I don't remember the whole backstory, why they were suddenly released. But it, it was not a big story that a sitting president said to the Republican minority leader that he knew that the, the, the Republican candidate for president was committing treason and asked him to get him to stop because they got it on this. This is what happened. The CIA picked it up. So they, um, they had the recordings and he said, I know what he's doing. And I don't want to get this into the campaign. This is what he said. Because why the American people, don't you think the American people should have been told that the president, that somebody, the Republican, con, I can't talk, the Repu- I can't say Republican anymore, I'm sorry. The Republican nominee for president was committing treason, was going behind the back of the sitting president who was negotiating with an enemy in the midst of war, killing American soldiers. Maybe that was somebody you know. That died, thanks to Nixon. But this is what they do. You're nothing. Our our friends, our family, our fathers, our mothers, our... It doesn't matter. They, you're nothing to them. 
you're nothing. It will be better if you die. If you put yourself in harm's way, you know, oh, well, if you die, don't worry. Your family will get a nice folded up flag. But Nixon will get to be president. Republicans, they'll get to be president so they can keep funneling money into the arms of a few. It makes me sick. They're all a bunch of crooks. You think that they that we should have known that? I, I mean, I blame Johnson, too. And this is why it's also we're in this boat because of the of the feckless Democrats. You know, who don't who, who hide these crimes? They should have brought it out. So what if Nixon said it's all political? Well, we got tapes, honey. We got the tapes, boo-boo. Don't you think the American people should have known that they're, as Nixon said, that their president's a crook? And they were a crook, both of them. I mean, the whole Nixon administration, a bunch of crooks, grifting and grafting and lying. But Nixon, he won in a landslide. Maybe the American people should have known. I don't know. Democrats, what do you think, Dems? Maybe the American people should have known that the Republican nominee was committing treason. Maybe. I don't know. What do you... Meh. Mm, uh, Who knows? Oh, hi, Ray. Where are you? Where you been? Ray, Ray. That's so Ray Ray. <laughs> look at the baby. Nobody, no, no, look, say, say hello. Say hello, Ray. Do Ray me. All right. He was just too cute to resist. <laughs> Do Ray me fa so lati, Ray. All right. All right, everybody. Where else? Where are we? And for those on the podcast, I just picked up Ray off the floor and I couldn't resist. Here's another one. Uh, The October surprise. Reagan takes a page from Nixon's treasonous playbook. A Russian government report released in 1993 verifies the fact that Ronald Reagan's presidential campaign interfered with President Jimmy Carter's Iran hostage negotiations in 1980 and secretly cut a deal to supply the Iranians with arms on the condition they held the American hostages until after the election in an attempt to politically damage President Carter. Same old treasonous playbook, New Day. But we we knew this happened but it was confirmed when um it was the report was released from russian intelligence the russian october surprise report reads in madrid and paris the representatives of ronald reagan and the iranian leadership discussed the question of possibly delaying the release of 52 hostages from the staff of the us embassy in tehran 
taken hostage by Iranian quote-unquote students and members of the defense of the of the core of the defense of the Islamic Revolution on November 4th, 1979, until after the elections took place in November 1980. In exchange for this, the American representatives promised to supply arms to Iran. This was asserted in particular by a former Israeli agent, Ari Ben Menash, a Jewish-born um, a, a Jewish uh, operative born in Iran and arrested in 1989. Um, blah, blah, blah. So it came from Israeli intelligence as well. According to his calculation, the total value of arms illegally delivered to Iran reached $82 billion. And then, of course, we have the su Supreme Court coup d'etat in 2000. And Republican, Republican voter suppression, on and on. Republican obstruction, harming the, the people for political gain. All right. And that article really needs to be updated with the latest dirty tricks. It never stops, though. This is who they are. But you see... On the other side, the Democrats, what, what's, what's wrong with the Democrats, everybody? Why do they give the Republicans such a wide berth? When people show you who, you who they are, believe them. It's really, we're here because the Democrats refuse to call, to call reality like they see it. Like this woman, Jean Shaheen. Senator claims GOP members are bordering? Bordering on sedition. What is this sign what is what, what is this signing on to this um fake election fraud bullshit? That's bordering on treason? Really? Going along with Twitler's fever dream? That's just bordering on treason. Now you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot. What would be happening on the Fox News, on all their propaganda outlets? Trust me. You know what would happen? The right-wingers would be losing their minds. They'd be calling treason, traitor, treason, traitor. And you'd find the Democrats would be doing the same thing. It wouldn't have gotten to this place because you know what would happen? If there was a Democratic president that refused to accept the results of an election that he clearly lost, the Democrats would march over to him and say, it's over, booby, and it would be a him, because no woman would behave like that. You absolutely know. No woman who won the presidency would act like such an entitled asshole. That's the truth. So, yes, it would be a woman. I mean, a man. They, but they entertain this treason. Treason? Oh, treason is just what's treason's greetings. It's the season. Treason is the reason for the season. Well, according to everywhere... I'm trying to find this article. There's a, There was a... Um, there was a shouting match 
Now, you know, when they finally start doing all kinds of movies and movies of the week and uh, Netflix series about the bullshit that went on during these horrible years, it's going to be I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how many screaming matches will be portrayed. Apparently, there's a lot of screaming matches that go on in this dysfunctional White House. This fake-ass bunch of losers who have absolutely no business being anywhere near power. In fact, they don't... Not only do they not deserve power, they, they don't know what to do with it except enrich themselves, but... They real uh, it's not fair in a way because they receive fewer votes. They shouldn't have ascended to the throne anyway. The American people knew from the jump these people are unfit. That's why they receive fewer votes. But oh well, who needs democracy when you have conservatism? So in a heated Oval Office meeting. <laughs> It, which included talk of a special counsel, martial law, and martial law as Trump advisors clash. This is from CNN. Kevin Liptak and Pamela Brown. President Donald Trump. Ugh. Excuse me, I know. President Donald effing J. Trump. Ugh. I'm sorry. Why do they have to write that President Trump? Shut up. He's not the president. He received fewer votes. He's a con man. You might as well call him, uh, I don't know. What, do you, what should you call him? Nothing. You call him Donald. Donald. President Donald. Well, not. Well, all right. Let me start again. Donald convened a heated meeting in the Oval Office on Friday, including lawyer Sidney Powell, another winner, and her client, former National Security Advisor, and trader Michael Flynn, another trader. They got traitors abound in the Republican Party. It's, it's tra- traitors. It's elbow-to-elbow traitors. They love traitors. How long is it going to take for Michael Flynn to get a show on Fox News, I wonder? Not too long. Just like Ollie North, another traitor. They just elevate traitors. What does that say about a party? Now, let me ask you a question, just an aside. Why don't the Democrats say that? Okay. This is nothing that is controversial. Am I saying something controversial? Ollie North is a traitor. Michael Flynn is a traitor. He committed treason. He pled guilty twice to conspiracy against the United States. So what are you talking about? Why don't the Democrats, why are the Democrats so mealy mouth? Get out there. Call them a traitor. He's a traitor. What do you mean they're bordering on traitor? They're dancing with traitor. They're doing, they are partying with treason like it's goddamn 1999. What do you mean? They're, they're, I don't know. Um, they're tickling treason. <laughs> they're going, hello. 
What are they doing with trees? They're traitors. They're bordering, bordering. Not only are these traitors, they're not bordering on sedition and treason. They live in that town. That's the capital. And they got, that's, they're, they're the, the residents of Treasonville. With statues to traitors all over the place. So why don't the Democrats say that? They're not bordering on sedition and treason. They're committing sedition and treason. This is sedition. You didn't, you're not accepting the results of an election. Everybody knows it wasn't stolen. There was no vote irregularity. There was no dead people voting. This is a fiction designed to destroy democracy. So if that's not treason, what the F is it? I mean, I know that supposedly using taxpayer money to strong arm a foreign leader into announcing an investigation on a political rival, that's apparently not treason for Republicans either nowadays. But wouldn't undermining sowing doubt about the incoming president. That's not treason? That's not sedition? Of course it is. So don't give me the shit. They're bordering on it. They don't... They're not... It's not a border. They're in treasonville. They're trying to destroy this country. What do you mean bordering? I'm, cra- I'm I'm really pissed off because come on. This is why we are where we are. This whole time, every time a Republican commits treason, they find a nice, polite Democrat to smooth it over. And it gets worse. So then the line gets crossed and then and here we are. One line gets crossed, another norm busted. Bullshit. You tell me if the Democrats were doing this, if this were the sh- Democrats say, signing on to fake-ass lawsuits, sending out a bunch of clowns out there to sh- tell their easily led armed traitors, a, a bunch of other traitors, to storm in uh, government houses and government and state houses with their M16s to disrupt government meetings. Uh, uh, you tell me whether the Republicans would say this is bordering on sedition and treason. This <sighs> is like the Democrats have a fear of being right. They want they they are afraid of everybody. Uh, I guess, I don't know, tagging them with the the truth that they're correct. I don't even know. What am I saying? Uh, they, it's like they're afraid to admit that they're right. It's tough being right, isn't it? It's hard being on the right side of history all the time. No, it's not. Claim it. That's why uh, this is unapologetic liberal talk. We don't apologize for being right, being correct. We don't apologize for having the emotional and moral and intellectual and sexual maturity 
I'm just kidding about the second. Well, whatever. To function in a free democratic society. Because that's what it takes. A bit of um, maturity, you know, to be in a nation of immigrants, to promote the general welfare. It's mature. You're not a crackpot. When you lose an election, you don't talk about Second Amendment remedies. And these effing Democrats who, they know Second Amendment remedies. They let these freaking Republicans go on and ill-inform the people who listen to them about what a Second Amendment is about. No, no, honey, Second, there is no such thing as Second Amendment remedies. And when, when these filthy fascist bastards talk about, when they started this shit with Second Amendment remedies, that's what got Gabby Giffords shot in the head. But that's not America, you see. But the Democrats, because they're so effing afraid of not getting some filthy fascist Republican on them in the middle to vote for them, they will never correct what's uh, what is what is correct. This let me correct it. Let me do your job for you, Democrats. There is no Second Amendment remedy. The, the remedy for an election that you lose is called an election, son of a bitch. It's not a goddamn bullet in the head. The founders didn't put the Second Amendment in there so the people could rise up against the government. They put a mechanism in there so the people could change their government called an election. The Second Amendment was yet another concession to the filthy freaking racist-ass cons who wanted to keep their human property. That's why it says a free state. State. Because they were afraid that, the, that we would vote their human property out of existence. They couldn't own people anymore, and that would be terrible. But... That's why um, I don't get when they talk about Second Amendment. Why don't the Democrats stand up? There are the Second Amendment remedies, you, da- you have dare you. Treason and sedition. You're a goddamn traitor. Mil- ill-informing your dupes. And if you want to play with an M16, join the National Guard. That's the well-regulated militia. So... This is, it's, it's too, too much, I guess. When you're a Democrat and you want to, um, you, you need to pretend you're going to be bipartisan. I got to get, can't we just get along, reach across the aisle and what? Spread bullshit? Help the Republicans spread their bullshit? How many people have to get a bullet in the head? Join a well-regulated militia. You know, it's not not the militia where you all look like idiots because you can't do one push-up. It's called the National Guard. What part of well-regulated don't they understand? But you don't hear Democrats saying that because they're trying to pretend that they're 
very sane Republicans, you see? That's what it is. B, they want them to say, oh, see, I think I'll vote. I'm in the middle. I haven't decided. I've, it's a dis- I'm, I don't know. It's, um, I don't like the Democrats because I don't like blacks, but I don't like I don't, um, these Republicans because I, I don't like, I don't know, whatever, Russia. I like my Second Amendment. No one's going to take my gun from me. Oh, my God. Yes, I was in the National Guard. Errol asks on the chat. Yes, I could do it. So why don't you? You want to go play with an M16? Join the well-regulated militia. That's what I don't understand with these freaks. What part of well-regulated do you not understand? And what's up with the Dems? Why don't they say that? Because why? Why am I answering my own questions? Because they want they want to get that good old one asshole Republican who's on the fence. That's their whole argument. That's the whole Amy Klobuchar argument. I can get, um, I can appeal to Republicans by being a Republican. Well, get the fuck out, okay? Somebody, who, where the hell was this? Oh, I was on, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie Sanders gave a, he gave a, hold on, he gave an interview Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And I'm trying to find it in the history because I was, I listened to it. Mm, Let me see. Where's my YouTube history? He gave an interview about, he said something about the Democrats. That the Democrats, of course he was 100% right, of course. That's what Bernie is. He's right. He makes, he's got too much truth happening. And he said something that the the Democrats really have to, wait, the only reason I'm struggling is because I'm trying to find my YouTube, where is my YouTube history? Because then it'll come right up. Tube. History? Do I? Is there a watch history? Yeah, it must be. Where is my history? Come back at me. You can listen to this song while I find it. Where's my history? Look at my history. There's cat videos. There's a documentary about the Saxons. There's, here it is, okay. So, Bernie, when was this? December, December 19th. The Democratic Party needs to transform itself to attract working class voters. So, it was, this was on the Dean Abladala Ab- show. 
I know how to, I know that guy. I just have a hard time with names and words and life in general. Are on, at least seems like laying the path for fascism in that it's undemocratic ways to acquire and retain power. And with Trump, not only does he check off some of the alarming things of fascism about hypernationalism and turning people against each other, but he, in the fall, actually defended violence by his own supporters, the ones who went to Portland and shot people with paintballs. Do you think it's overblown to use the term fascist? No, 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 oh. you know, is that, to my mind, uh, it is not overblown to say that Donald Trump is an authoritarian mm -hmm. who does not believe in democracy. It goes beyond Trump. I mean, we have got to ask ourselves uh, why 70, whatever the number, 73 million, I think, uh, voted for him. And, and we've got to reach out to those people. I think that there is, and I, and I think that to some degree, uh, Dean, uh, I'm sure a lot of my Democratic colleagues do not agree with me, but this is a reflection of the Democratic Party, because I think if you talk to many of those uh, you know, people, working class people who voted for Trump, they'll say, look, of course we know he's a liar, we know he's full of shit, uh, but at least, you know, he does this, he does that, something the Democrats don't do. So we have got to figure out a way to bring our people together, black and white and Latino, Native American, Asian American, working class people, and say, you know what, you need a government that represents our interests, not one that divides us up by the color of our skin or where we were born or a sexual orientation or whatever. And it's going to have to be an enormous amount of work done by the Democratic Party to get into grassroots America. I can tell you, I have been talking to a number of folks uh, recently uh, in uh, West Virginia, mm -hmm. uh, in Kentucky, in uh, Pennsylvania, in Indiana, you know, people who are involved in this campaign. I don't want to get their feelings as to why in certain rural parts of the country. Democrats are so detested. And it was very interesting hearing from them. So the Democratic Party is going to have to do an enormous amount of work, really transform itself, uh, and, and figure out ways uh, to bring working class people on board. And, and what that means is you got to represent, honestly, their interests. And boom, what's, what, what's false about that? A hundred percent. Why? How, how? Wait, wait. Uh oh, a commercial started blaring in my ear. How did the Republicans get the white working class voter? I mean, it's just—it's ridiculous how they allowed how the Democrats allowed that to happen. Well, it started with Clintonomics, of course, hobbling the American middle class, the union movement. But so somebody, um, they, they, um, you never, whenever Bernie speaks the truth, they, the, the, I don't know what they are, Democrats, they call themselves Democrats, but I'm still asking, I ask all the time when this comes up, what does it mean? What's a Democrat? What do you mean when you say I'm a Democrat, but then you tell Bernie, go shut up, Bernie. And somebody wrote, Bernie should go be a, go start his own party, be a socialist, and, um, you know, something like that. Go st Bernie should start. Yes, wait, here it is. What we need here is honesty. Bernie 
Oh, this is this is what they wrote. What we need here is honesty, huh, Bernie? And Bernie, you really need to start your own party and call it the Socialist Party. So that irritates me. And I was like, I write, yeah, who needs Socialist Security? Who needs Socialist Medicare? Who needs government telling businesses they have to pay a socialist minimum wage. Who needs a socialist food inspection? Who needs socialist? Who needs to turn on their socialist water tap and not get diarrhea because some socialist government made sure it's not full of parasites? Who needs socialist government telling, uh, um, ensuring everybody gets health care? I mean, we have GoFundMe for that. What the Democratic Party needs to do is just go be the sane Republican Party and let the FDR Dems, you know, what the fake Dems call the socialists, go be FDR's winning party of the working class again. And that's what it's about. Where, let me ask, I have to ask again, if you are a run-of-the-mill average Joe Democrat, I keep hearing this all the time. Bernie, she goes to be a socialist. I'm not a socialist. What? Well, what is the Democratic Party for then? Because when I join the Democratic Party and I call myself a Democrat, I have a certain vision in my mind of what a Democrat is. And a Democrat is somebody who doesn't leave anybody behind. A Democrat understands that we can have democracy or concentrated wealth, but we can't have both. So a Democrat, a real Democrat, understands that we build from the bottom up, that you can't be the party of Wall Street and the party of Main Street. You got to pick one. So I ask the, um, the people who call them Democrats, themselves Democrats, when you say Bernie should go be a social, be the socialist party, what are you talking about? What is a Democrat? What does the Democratic Party stand for then? If you can't explain it to me, then how are you going to explain it to that, that white working class voter you, you're trying to woo so much? What is a Democrat? Because what they've done, what the right wingers have done, They've redefined what it means to be a Democrat. They've been successful. What it means to be a Democrat, according to the Republicans, and, they, and these disaffected white working-class voters have latched onto it. They think it means that um, trans people go to the bathroom of their choice. That's what they think. They've been telling, and that's true, too. But here's the thing. That's about leaving nobody behind, that we're in this together, being a more perfect union that's compassionate and understanding, that doesn't kick down on people because they're different, that uses the platform to educate and inform everyone. But you can't, we can't have that kind of feeling in a, in a country that's so divided because, you know, that's... Uh, that's the way they've set it up, that we, we are divided. 
divided along racial lines, divided along economic lines, divide and conquer along any different line. That's another reason why we need the ideas. We're not, I mean, when we're talking about socialism, we're not talking about taking over the means of production of private industry. We're talking about certain things that we do together that we that make more sense to do this together like healthcare like education that you know uh, makes the groundwork lays the groundwork of a more perfect union oh, investing in civilization and democracy oh god why does it seem so simple to me but I, I, and here's the thing, that's why maybe I'm not categorizing it correctly. So you tell me, if you're a corporate dem, I've, I'm interested. What is it? Tell me what it is. What does it mean? What's the Democratic Party mean to you? That some people get health care? Some people get education? Some people have living wages? Some have retirement security. Well, that sounds a hell of a lot like the Republican Party to me. Except that's what the, I guess that's what the, the, the today's Democratic Party is trying to be. The sane Republican Party. You know, the Amy Klobuchar's. That's why she's like a rake on a chalkboard to me when I listen to her. I can't stand it. It's like uh, the Pete Buttigieg's of the world. Annoying, no, doing nothing. Walk in that middle of the road, do what? You might as well trick, it's like trickle down democracy. It's not really reaching us either. You trickle a little here, a little there. Oh, God. Help me. I'm sweating over here. Am I wrong? No, I'm not. I was wrong once in 1972. I don't know. It could happen again. What's going on in this chat room? Hmm. Mm, 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 yes. That's right. Desert Claire says, Dems don't seem to understand. The right-wing propaganda machine has made, made Dems evil demons. Most Republicans will never vote for Dems. Reaching out to them is a waste of time. That's right. I mean, that's why, here's the thing. You don't really reach out to them. You don't have to go, I, 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 this is why I don't argue with them. It's boring, you know? It's, it's, I got a limited lifespan, uh, who needs to waste more energy and breath on a, on a lost cause? That's why you, you, okay, you must own the media. You have to have a platform, a large platform, and you promote your policies. You, you then you see, you see what happens when, well, of course, Let's take healthcare, for example, with this pre-existing conditions protections. The uh, the Democrats 
with uh, Obamacare. They're the worst. They're the worst at messaging. They should have been out there nonstop messaging. None of this mealy mouth, middle of the road bullshit. Like, oh, if you, um, whatever it might, if you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance. You know what Obama should have said? Who the F likes private insurance? It's a shit show. That's what he should say. But they can't say that because of money in politics. You see how Trump does it? He would. It doesn't matter. He's got no substance. He would just lie and say, who needs that? That's a disaster. It's the worst. But we would say that and it would be true. Who needs a for-profit health insurance racket? They have killed 35,000 Americans yearly. They bankrupt millions. Everybody has a story. And not good. Nobody, oh yeah, everybody likes getting health care, but get the bills. Get your pre-existing conditions uh, not taken care of. Get your exclusions, your copay, your co-insurance, your end network, out of network. Give me a break. Who needs it? And then you don't apologize for it and let them catch up because that's what will happen. They will. And then all of a sudden, you know what will happen? Once they finally catch up, they will be pandering and climbing over each other to position themselves as the champions of universal health care. You better believe it. So you don't apologize. You keep moving forward. You keep telling the truth. Everybody knows they could smell it. What's true and is, is true. So you don't have to whatever, but you do. You don't have to whatever. You don't have to apologize, but you do need a platform. It needs to be ubiquitous. Are you kidding me? Stephen S. King on the chat. Amy is on MSNBC. Amy Klobuchar is on MSNBC as we're speaking. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. She's a favorite. Because what does she say? Nothing. Nothing. I want to ask her, why is she a Democrat? What does that mean when you stand for nothing? You stand for everything? You stand for being nice? A nice person. I help uh, being um, respectful of traitors. Oh, Christ on a bike respectful of traders. I don't respect traders. I'm sorry. I don't. Look at where we are because of the nice act. How's that working out? How's it working? Have they calmed down? All I see is them continuing to infest our government illegitimately, despite receiving fewer votes, having zero mandate. They don't, they don't have the will of the American people. They just have a loud mouth. And they got a lot of billionaire-funded, you know, propaganda out there. And, and they're all, they also have Russian propaganda, so. Because Putin is, uh, yeah, so he's, they're infesting our social media. Okay, so traitors, where was I? 
I'm sweating. I gotta put this AC on for a minute. It's hot in here. I know it's like zero degrees, but it's hot in the apartment. Let's keep that on for a couple minutes. So, uh, Trump, Donald, filthy fascist bastard, convened a heated meeting in the Oval Office. A heated meeting. Putin's never going to talk to me again. You need to do something. Steal this election. God. Including lawyer Sidney Powell, a joke, and her client, another joke, former and a traitor, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, two people familiar with the matter said, describing a session that began as an impromptu gathering, but devolved and eventually broke out into a screaming match. (laughs) Well, that's the sign of a functioning, mature adult, don't you think? How many screaming matches you have? Screaming match. Yeah, it's not working out too well when you're screaming. It's a screaming match. At certain points, as some of Trump's aides pushed back on Powell and Flynn's more outrageous suggestions about overturning the election, Flynn had suggested... Flynn, 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 Flynn had suggested earlier this week that Trump could invoke martial law as part of his efforts to overturn the election that he lost (laughs) to President-elect Joe Biden. An idea that arose again during the meeting in the Oval Office, one of the people said, it wasn't clear whether Trump endorsed the idea. Of course he did. But others in the room forcibly pushed back and shot it down. The meeting was first reported by the Times. White House aides participated in the... Who participated in the meeting, including White House Chief of Staff... Mark Meadows, this mealy mouth lick spittle, who really, come on, he's somebody that deserves to be the chief of staff of the White House, only Trump's White House, Twitler, Donald's White House. The worst people who don't, who, who are jokes in actual, true, real, professional administrations. These people are jokes. And counsel Pat Cipollone also pushed back intensely on the suggestion of naming Powell as special counsel to investigate voter fraud allegations. Trump's own administration has dismissed, or as seems more feasible, hiring her in the administration for some kind of investigatory role to pretend it's all about sowing doubt. It doesn't matter. It's like when... He used, when Twitler used taxpayer money to strong arm another a foreign leader into an, into announcing an investigation on a political rival, he told him he didn't have to actually do the investigation. It's the same thing here. You don't need to actually investigate voter fraud that doesn't exist. Just announce it. And the morons will go, yep, 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 get my M16, ma. We're going down to the governor's house. Stop the steal. Right after we go down to uh, unemployment insurance and get my socialist unemployment. 
Don't worry. Mitch McConnell's got everything on lock. He's putting a lot of conservative judges in there. Then they're going to be working for Jesus. So when we get it, when when uh, that big government, that big mill, that pharmaceutical company, when it's when we start drinking that water infested with the coal ash and all the drugs that they've put in the water, and we try to have a class action lawsuit, and it's going to get to that conservative judge, and he's going to say, "Nope, nope, nope. I'm sorry." Sorry, sucker. Better luck next life. Good thing you like Jesus because Republicans, with Republican government, you get to meet Jesus sooner. Sooner than you expected. Unreal. Pal has focused her conspiracies on voting machines and has floated the notion of having a special counsel inspect the machine for flaws. Wait, wait, wait. Here, this is, a, it's like, I'm trying to find. What's my um, voting machine? What will stand in for a voting machine? I thought I had a bag of, box of tissues here. It's like, where's my voting machine? No, there it is. No uh, votes in there. Hello? Any votes? <laughs> This is uh, her investigating the voting machines. Voting machine? Anything in there? Any votes? Hello? Any votes in there? Any suspicious votes? These people are madness. It's madness. Madness. (laughs) Yes. Use Ray to stand in (laughs) for a voting machine. Where's Ray? I vote for Ray. I vote for Ray all day. Here's to Ray. Oh, and look, I'm using my horn mug. Bob Kincaid show. Oh, boy. What else? Where was I? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. They want to declare martial law. Now, first, the th- first thing before you get to declare martial law is spell it. I challenge Republicans before you de- get to declare martial law, I want you to spell martial law. Okay? Without looking, I'll wait. Because you know what they, they're all over Twitter. And I, hasn't Twitter did this too? He spelled martial law one, another time. S-H-M-A-R-A-S-H-A-L-L law. Martial law. Like Marshall Mathers. You know, Eminem. Boom, 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 boom. Lose yourself. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> These people are, um, they would be merely funny if they weren't traitors. Martial law. Now, if you Google, well, go on Twitter, let's see, and let's look up martial law. Let's see all of the misspelled tweets. I'll put it in quotes. 
You're going to get one shot. Ba -boom, boom, 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 boom. I know. I know. <laughs> Stick to your day job. Look at this. Uh, did I tell you or not? Unreal. Here's an Anita and Rick MAGA. They could tell that these accounts, these Twitter accounts are, they're freaks. Because they always, they love using um, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA and American flag emojis. What's with the American flag emojis, honey? We, we know you're a traitor. It doesn't, doesn't distract us. All the f you could put as many American flag m emojis around your traitorous accounts and your traitorous statements. It won't make them patriotic. So, uh, let's see. Option, how to save America. Here's some, uh, here's a MAGA. Um, I don't know, who is this person? Trump 2020 landslide. How does this person have 85,000 followers? Okay. That's why I get despondent in life. Defending the Republic. This moron. Oh my God. We're going down the rabbit hole. I'm sorry. You're coming with me. Watch. You're coming with me. That's what. I'm not going in there alone. Let's see. I am Anita D. MAGA. First off, let's do the obligatory bot sentinel check and make sure that this is... We'll see. We'll see if it's a bot. Come on, come on. Get away with that. Let's do this. Analyzing account. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Come on, come on. It's taking a long time. Hmm. Pro oh, disruptive. Hmm. It's not quite... Let's see. It's not quite... Sure. 50-50. While we're on Bot Sentinel, let's see. Where... What's trending? Followers instantly. President Trump is trending. American people is trending. Stop the steal is trending. Look at this. Well, let's see. It has... Um, it'll show you which accounts are fake and which, which hashtags the fake accounts are tweeting. If I can only find it. Normal, satisfactory. Come on, man. They changed everything. Come on. Here we go. Trending topics. Top hashtags. MAGA, of course. What is that? Dia 22 Vegarante? I don't know. Vito. What's... Oh, Vito the Porculus? Is that... So, oh, that must be... The Bill? The stimulus bill, they're calling, of course. I mean, these are all Russian accounts. You get this? POTUS, veto the bill, message for 45, Trump 2020, 
stop the steal, fight for Trump. Unreal. It's it's infuriating, really. That these scumbags, these Russian fuckers, go fix your own damn country. They can't do that, though. You know, they're getting paid. It's all part of disinformation. PSYOPs. But the right-wingers, they make it so damn easy. Don't they? That's what's so tedious. All right, wait. I was looking up. What did I look up? Oh, yes. Martial law. So, yes, if you can't spell martial law, you shouldn't declare martial law. So here's the list. This woman. Fifth generation MT. I'm here 100% for MAGA, NRA, Made in USA, Semper Fi, Pro-Life. Oh, my God. Trump 2020 landslide. We share the same air with these idiots. And look at this shit. You see, it's supposed to be Paul Paul Revere. Yes, tweeting may seem trivial, but it's just one horse by which patriots are spreading the message. Because you're not... You're not a patriot, though. That's what I'm telling you. Midnight Riders. Message for 45. You might as well be spreading Trump Network vitamins. They do less damage, frankly, if you did that. Just spread spread his bullshit. Why don't you spread his next multi-level marketing scam instead of this stolen election scam? Because it's all about... It's just another scam that's all about Trump. It's never been about the American people, clearly. Look, we're lucky... How many are sick and dead? It's only that. He's not done yet, though. Oh, my God. Where is martial law? Oh, yeah, see? Look, martial law. Eminem. And these people are tweeting. Did Alex Jones call for martial law yet? M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. crazy (laughs) and people are trying to correct them anyway let me shut this AC off what was I saying nobody cares whatever well yes Paul Revere as far as I know, you know, Paul Revere was brought up on tri- on charges, too, of being a traitor. If he never, if he, and the only reason he gained some fame as a so-called patriot was because he, he made it into that poem. But apparently his, his history was a bit more complicated. Let's see. Treason. So he was he was, oh yeah, also he was during the war 
If I am wrong, I will apologize. I'm trying to remember. He was brought up on charge. He was put in the, in the military prison. Because he was brought up on charges of cowardice in the face of the enemy, if I'm not wrong. Let's see. Gathering storm, war years, military service. It's not here. They must have changed it. It's really... I'll find out. I'll I'll do some more research on that. And then we'll talk about it. But see how... It reminded me when... Because I remember reading something about this. And then I was thinking about Sarah Palin and her history lesson. About Paul Revere ringing those bells. But it's not exactly true. Okay, yes. Was Paul Revere... Oh, here's a question from... Oh, yes, he was court-martialed. Let's look at this. Somebody on Quora writes, why was Paul Revere so popular when he was a proven traitor to the United States? He led a spy ring, according to the Central Intelligence Agency. Well, this is somebody writing a comment. Paul Revere founded the first Patriot Intelligence Network on Record, a Boston-based group known as the Mechanics. Prior to the American Revolution, he'd been a member of the Sons of Liberty, a political organization that opposed incendiary tax legislation like the Stamp Act. He, uh, beginning in 1774, the mechanics also referred to as the Liberty Boys, spied on British soldiers. His military record was less than stellar. Four years after his midnight ride, Paul Revere served as commander of a land artillery when a disastrous Penobscot expedition in 1779. In June of that year, British forces began establishing a fort in what is now Castine, Maine. Over the next few years, hundreds of American soldiers converged on the outposts by land and by sea. Odd choice of words. Although this outnumbered, the outnumbered British were initially prepared to surrender, the Americans failed to attack in time. And in August, enough British reinforcements arrived to force the American retreat. Charged with cowardice and insubordination, Revere was court-martialed and dismissed from the militia. That's what I thought. Let's see. Ten things you may not know about Paul Revere from history.com. He was, he was French. He was a, of French extraction. He was a silversmith, but sometimes worked as a dentist. He was known for his art. He liked when he wasn't dabbling in dentistry he produced some sophisticated copper plate engravings he led a spy ring the well known poem about him is inaccurate 
Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's 1861 poem about Paul Revere's ride got many facts wrong. For one thing, Revere was not alone on his mission. In his mission to warn John Hancock, Sam Adams, and other patriots that the British were approaching Lexington on the evening of April 18, 1775. Two other men, William Dawes and Samuel Prescott, rode alongside him, and by the end of the night, as many as 40 men on horseback were spreading the word. In fact, if I am not mistaken, women went on the ride as well. But, of course, women are always written out of history. Two other, yes, 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 and then somebody gets into a poem. Revere also never reached Concord, as the poem inaccurately recounts. Overtaken by the British, Three riders split up and headed in different directions. Revere was temporarily detained. Okay, he lost his way after falling off his horse. <laughs> and, wait, after leaving Prescott, a young physician who is believed to have died in the war several years later. The task of alerting Concord's residents. His famous quote was fabricated. Paul Revere never shouted the phrase, the British are coming. The operation was meant to be conducted as discreetly as possible. Okay. Furthermore, colonial Americans at the time still considered themselves British. If anything, Revere may have told other rebels that the regulars, a term used to designate British soldiers, were on the move. Okay, his military record, four years after his midnight ride, Paul Revere served as a commander of a land artillery in a disastrous Penobscot expedition of 1779. In June that year, British forces began a... Oh, we read this already. Revere was court-martialed and dismissed from the militia. And there you go. He fathered 16 children. That son of a bitch. All right. Well, how many cats did he have? More importantly, just kidding. All right. What was I saying? Trade is going to trade. Treason's going to treason. Treason's greetings. All right. I don't know. This seems like a good place to stop the show. Since what are you going to do? bunch of traders. I'm not done, but it's already 11 o'clock. We only got two super chats. That tells me, you know, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> it's time to go to bed and we can pick it up tomorrow. What do you think? Does anybody care? Or maybe not. Let's see what you're saying on the chat. Um, once again, we did get a new patron. We'll see. We'll see. See how long they stay patrons <laughs> after tonight. I don't know. What are you going to do? I I just do my part. I try. Thank you again, Karen Klein, for becoming a patron. And there's other things we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. What do you think? Or maybe not. I mean, what did we get? We got Richard W. and Jim 
super chat. What is that? Seven dollars? <laughs> We're dead in the water, guys. This is not working out. Oh well. What are you gonna do? It's not about the money. It's just about maintaining, getting a show. You got it. Has to, you know, be sustainable. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's frustrating because you know, we don't have billionaire benefactors. And Jim can only do so much. And Richard can only do so much. All right, guys, 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 guys. You're the best. Thank you so much. Remember to share the show with your friends. Whatever. If you care. I don't know. Whatever. I'm done. I'm done asking. Um, For now. We will win if we... If we... If, if. Many of the factors... Many factors hang in the balance. My name is Terry Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Share the show with your friends if you want. I don't know, whatever. Maybe you don't. Who cares? And keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work at your worth. We're getting together to try to spread the good news of progressivism and we know how to fix this country. We do. We just have to get that, get it to catch on. All right. So it's not that, it's not a big secret. It's just that nobody's talking about it. Leaving no one behind. We don't hear this shit. We hear, oh, I got mine. I don't want to lose mine. Mine, mine, mine. Well, we're and then then we hear oh we're so divided we're so divided oh what a shame well stop dividing us okay social security fdr that's why fdr made social security belong to everyone let's follow that winning example and we see how things will change all right everybody in nobody out that's the only american way we stick together we win my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out, and hopefully I'll see you very soon. <laughs>